Trans Family is a not-for-profit organization providing a peer support group for loved ones including parents, siblings, extended family and friends of a trans and gender diverse person. Trans Family runs discussion groups in person and online. We offer a safe space to share your experiences, ask any questions regarding your situation and provide peer support. We are especially keen to hear from loved ones in regional and rural Victoria. Donations to TransFamily are tax-deductible. For more information, visit transfamily.org.au or look for us on Facebook. TransFamily is a 3CR supporter. Good afternoon or good evening to everyone. Welcome to another episode of Behind Closed... Sorry... Queering the air. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I need to break that habit. I was from behind closed doors. Now I'm with the queering the air. Get that in my head. That's it. Yes. So yeah. um before I start, I would like to acknowledge the wise people of our indigenous communities, past, present and emerging, who are the foundation of this great country of ours. I recognize that we share this land with the traditional owners and custodians. Always was and always will be Aboriginal land. So today, I have a very special guest. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of you already know who this guest is. Ah, <laughs> Miss Georgie. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi. Greetings. Welcome back. Thank to, you, Sasha. No, thank you for coming. Um, we have a very... Um, special episode and a very serious episode um, tonight um, to talk about in regards to um, an intersect um, lady who was prison in a male prison. So, um, but before that, I would like to tell you a little bit about Georgie. Um, jo Georgie Jovanovic is a, a right. co-identified as trans intersex femme, non-binary, who uses pronouns she, her. She is currently a board member of the Zoe Bell Gender Collective and also an advocate working on the trans femme resource. Miss Georgie was an LGB trans intersect advocate for sister girls and brother boys in Alice Spring, Northern Territory. She is a member of Intersex Human Rights Association, IHRA, and was working a member of the Darlington Statement. And... Um, ACON LGBTI Aged Care Project, National LGBTI Health Alliance for Mental Health Project, Northern Territory AIDS and Hepatitis Councils, and Disability Service. That's a lot of work, Miss Georgie. This has been throughout the years, isn't it? Yes, a lifetime. A, a life lifetime of work. And and you still um, still doing um, um yes. all this um work? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My life's vocation is uh, advocacy and human rights issues. Yeah, of course, we definitely need um, representation, especially for um, transgender people, for intersect people. Like I said, um, we spoke on the phone today. Yes. Um, there's not many um, awareness on many representation, uh, especially with intersect uh, people here in Australia. So um, can we actually... Talk a little bit about what you've done um, with your community. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, when I was living in Alice Springs about 10 years ago, um, I was invited by a star lady who started up the group Sisters and Brothers NT mm -mm. 
uh, as an advocacy group uh, for uh, trans LGBTI queer community. Yeah. And I, um, when they found out I was intersex, I was asked to become one of the intersex reps. So that's what we did for about five years. And then I was, uh, maybe in the third year that I was there, I was asked by uh, OI, who now is IRA, Intersex Mm -hmm. Human Rights Association, based in Sydney, to join their group as well and become an intersex uh, advocate representative uh, for them as well, and for myself and our community, of course. Um, And so it was the first time I ever actually represented my own community for the first time, which was quite overwhelming. And the first time I went to Sydney to meet up, it was uh, like meeting with lost family. It was quite overwhelming and emotional. It was wonderful. So um, I spent about three years uh, off and on working with uh, Ira. Mm -hmm. Um, Part of that was to work on uh, a project with Icon, Mm. uh, or it wasn't a project, it was about uh, the acceptance of intersex people being coming under the umbrella of the LGBT queer community. So we weren't actually included. Oh, wow. Until 2018. 2018. Yes. Is that when you changed the law? Well, we didn't. Well, Ira helped changed. Well, that was the Darlington statement. That yes. was the other project, and that's about changing the laws around human rights Mm-mm. violations. Yeah, for all humans, not just intersex people, um, which went. I I think the document called the Darlington statement. Anyone like to read and join? Please sign uh, in support of intersex people, and. Uh, because of uh, invasive surgeries. Yeah. And so that comes under the Act, yeah, the Human Rights Act. Can I ask a question? Why mm. intersex people are not in the LGBTQIA plus um, uh, community? Well, we are now. Yeah, I mean, well, like before that, yeah. Well, I think general mixed politics of whether intersex people identified them, uh, themselves identified some of them as being queer. Right. Which I did and I do. Yeah. Um, others don't, um, depending on their variation, on their personal yeah. experiences. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think I was one of the few intersex people that actually co-identified as trans-intersex because mm. I didn't know I was intersex until I was around 30 mm. through medical... Uh, tests and intervention so but personally I had invasive surgery between the ages of 13 to 17 unbeknown that I was intersex only that I appeared and had female features biologically yeah um where my father decided to yeah take medical intervention and try to turn me and masculinize me mm-hmm. and turn me into male, full yeah. male, yeah, macho yeah, yeah. man. 
So Yes, I've read the article on ABC. I think I want to get into more of your personal live experience um, later on. Sure. But, yeah, but I have another question. You probably yes. a, a little bit of an ignorant question because I no. did a, a, no, no, a research. No, no, all this. questions are valid. <laughs> okay. No, no, questions. I did a research this morning. I was just trying to figure it out if... Um, intersex people are still will be identified as transgender people? Uh, no. Okay. No. Right. Uh, trans is one identity. Transgender yeah. is one identity and intersex is another identity. Okay. I'll read you out the medical reference to okay. what is an intersex, what makes an intersex person. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Um. Uh, an intersex person may have the biology attributes of both sexes. Intersex relates to a broad range of people who are born with physical, hormonal, chromosomal or genetic sex characteristics that are not typically male or female. Intersex people have a diversity of bodies and identities. Intersex status is about variations of biology, not gender identity or sexual orientation. Intersex differences may appear at birth, some traits at puberty, or when trying to conceive. Research has shown that many intersex people suffer from the physical and mental effects of infant and adult surgeries. They are pro- predominantly surgically and or hormonally altered to fit into a perceived, more social, acceptable sex category. Then there is a hormone replacement therapy due to medical intervention attempts to normalise to make the bodies of people with intersex variations conform to the ideals of male and female. Increasing these issues are recognised as human rights issues, abuses with statements from the UN agencies. Normalising appearances go with the stigmatisation of differences Community affairs, the normalising surgery is not that physical reconstruction. The surgery is intended to deconstruct on intersex physiology Mm -hmm. and in turn construct an identity that conforms with stereotypes, male and female binary. Mm. That's that's a basic little statement um, that we worked on. As well, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, it does make sense. I mean, I did a bit of research. There's all sort of answers online, so I thought it would be better for me to ask a person itself, like yourself, uh, in person with that question. And you know, for our listeners who do not know uh, much about intersex people, like I myself, yeah. do not have not met an intersex person until I met you. Not oh. that I know of. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, when not all of us. Uh, are obvious. Yes, and open about uh, their identity. Yes. Yeah. And it's like um, some trans uh, people uh, that are cis passing. Yeah. Don't yeah. disclose. Yes, of course. S- uh, same sort of thing. Yeah. So, but because I've had invasive surgery and mm. being masculinized, mm. um, I can't hide. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm obvious. <laughs> You know, obviously beautiful. Oh, thank you, darling. Yes. Thank you. Okay, so um, the real topic here I want to talk about is about this uh, intersect um, a woman who is also a prisoner, 
who identified as female, was placed in a male prison where she was exposed to ridicule and cruel, degrading treatment despite the magistrate recommending she be taken to the woman's prison in tribunal um, has heard. When I read this article, I was fuming. And yes. then when I sent it to you, I think you were you were so angry as well. Isn't uh, it? I was shocked. Yeah. And it's uh, the first time I've ever known of an intersex woman being incarcerated mm. for a start. So I've heard plenty of stories and had lots of personal experiences with trans yeah. women uh, friends, yeah. predominantly sex workers or yeah. Yeah, not, um, being incarcerated, mm. yes. but never an intersex woman. Yeah. And so um, after I read the article as well, she was... And this incident happened in Adelaide. Yes. Um, and she was taken to a male prison. Yeah, even though the magistrate has uh, has given um, uh, advice to bring her to a woman's prison. Yes, that's yeah. right. And she was taken back and forth, I think, several times. Yes, correct. From one to the other mm-hmm. and back to male. Yeah. And I think that was... Again, uh, misogyny. Yes. Personal guards, staff. Yeah. Police. Whoever. So obvious because she was treated really badly as well. Yes. Inside. Yes, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. She was uh, accosted, harassed, sexually harassed. Correct. Her human rights were discarded. Yeah. Um. So she, yeah, she was made a personal mockery of. Um, intersex misogyny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it wasn't until she actually put in an official complaint mm. that it went to, to court yes. that she was taken back. But how can this even happening? Like... Oh, just as all the other discrimination that we... We face. We face yeah. on a daily basis. And generally, misogynistic men... Yeah, yeah. ...just take it upon themselves... Mm. It's such unlawful discrimination to towards a transgender person as, as well. Yeah, yes, as well. definitely, yeah, definitely. It does bring a lot of um, worries, Defin- especially for trans people as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, because it's actually, uh, and that's why I say this is personal discrimination, mm-hmm. discrimination by misogynistic men who take it upon themselves um, because there are laws in place. Yeah. And I have in front of me yeah. a charter uh, for uh, trans women or intersex for yeah. any incarcerated yeah. in the system always, prison of Victoria. I always told that trans people are very look after in prison because they have special treatments because of this discrimination and rape and sexual... Not that n- I've heard or experienced. Oh, really? Oh, no, totally okay. the opposite. Oh, wow. Please I've, share. I've been as a, uh, a sex worker since the mm. age of 15. Mm-hmm. My first experiences of trans women being incarcerated was when I was working in St Kilda. Yeah. Um, and... Trans women, again, were taken away by police, unlawfully um, incarcerated, petty crimes, or, again, because of uh, sex work. Yeah. Um, And that was just total discrimination. Yeah. So, you know, and 
that continue that's continue on throughout my whole life, no matter where I've worked, mm-hmm. especially when I was in King's Cross, very commonplace. Yeah, uh, a lot of us were sex workers, addicts, yeah. um, and a lot of trans women were taken away and incarcerated for uh, petty crimes, Mm-mm. and also associated to. Um, some of it to male partners as accessories Correct. as well. They weren't even part of the crime. Yeah. So these injustices are just continuous and overfolding. Yeah. And um, again, our judicial system doesn't actually look after us. Mm-hmm. Like we were never looked after by police. Never. In the, in the cross. It wasn't until much later on where Carmen started... Yeah. Advocating and negotiating yeah. with police. Yeah. But Over here as well, um, even um, it's only recently that um, sex work has been decriminalized in Victoria that we are that's right. sort of protected. Yes. But we've never been protected before, um, working, no. especially working on the streets. If you get raped or, you, uh, or even like being bashed by a clientele, you can't report because you are working considered illegal, illegally. Yes, and even if you did, mm. there was no response anyway. Exactly. I was assaulted. I was raped mm. at time. Mm. You know, I had, I've had my, and uh, reported to police. Yeah. And nothing was done about it. True. Even I was discriminated at the hospital. Yeah. By medical staff. Yes. Going, oh, don't worry about her. She's just a, a drag queen junkie, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, How dare you? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it's totally trans people dehumanizing. Like hu- yeah, we are human, human. Yes, yeah. of course. So, so we've been dehumanized. I hope that changes. I mean, like, I've seen changes a little bit, but you know, there's still a lot of ignorant people out there, especially um, on Facebook, like talking, especially when we do having this debate uh, between transgender people with um, doing sports. Um, That's right. And you know what? I saw a lot of ignorant people commenting and it just, it makes me sad and angry. I just want to fight them all the time. I know. It's hard because a lot of people take us on face value Mm. as well. They don't um, understand our stories, our uh, life experiences and our our identities. Mm. So... They always think, these ignorant people thinking like being transgender is a choice. It's not a choice. No. I mean, we were born to be this person. I mean, yes. yeah, it's just a bit of challenges in our lives. But everybody have different challenges too. Of course, everybody yeah. does. Exactly. Always- so it's just people just don't want to understand uh, trans people's life. And they always thought it's a choice. Um, it's not a choice. Do you, do you think we want to uh, have all these struggles and all discrimination and all this... Um, um, uh, spend all this money to be us. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. And culturally, mm. when we go back in time, uh, trans and intersex hermaphrodite people were totally accepted in ancient cultures. And as the patriarchy moved in and mm. shunned the woman, yeah, you know the the church, yeah, the patriarch. Yes. Male dominance. Yeah. Um, and it's historical. It has. So. It, it's proven. Just look at America right now. All these white, white dudes history. just want to control women. 
full stop. That's right. Yeah. So it's historical.、Mm. Um, and so this is what we fight against. Yeah. And we fight for our rights, right? Our own. Oh, basics rights. Our basic human yeah, rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to、um, this issue. How can we change this? How can prison do better with this? Through government? Yeah. And through changing laws. This is why I want to ask you this、yeah. question. What, what can we do to avoid these、um, problems? Well, we need to unfortunately work harder, speak out,、mm. and call it out. Yeah. And the truth. Yes. And the truth needs to be told. Like I said, I have to. The Charter here in front of me. Yeah. You know,、uh, the Charter of Human Rights and Responses, Victorian Equal Opportunity, the Commonwealth Sex Discrimination Act. These are all government acts and policies, corrections and regulations, privacy and data, births, deaths and marriages. The list goes on and on. And I've read、uh, through the Charter. I'm not an expert. Yeah. But the little bit that I do know and the documented information, and anyone can get online. Yeah. And The documents are all online for the public to read.、Mm. Please make yourself aware.、Mm-hmm. And there are requirements and guidelines and principles and standards. And it's all written very eloquently. There are、yeah. a lot of laws in place to protect trans, gender diverse, and intersex、mm. people in incarceration. Yeah. But Personally, it seems to be like this intersex woman in Adelaide、yeah. was、uh, personally discriminated by guards,、yeah. staff, police, whoever it was,、um, taken backwards and forwards from、yeah. one prison to the,、yeah. to the other and then back to male. Back to male. To men's prison、mm-hmm. and totally discriminated、yeah. a- against,、uh, like I said, an, until she took legal yeah, action, action yeah. which actually. Stopped. Do you、um, always believe that、um, guards and prisons need s training、uh, when it comes to trans,、um, gender diverse, and intersect people? Definitely.、Yeah. And there's a, again, there's laws and clause in, in the, the document here that actually states that staff should be trained、yeah. um, in issues around trans and intersex people. And gender diverse people.、Mm. So、um, we have healthcare、uh, management in case,、uh, requirements of staff to adhere to these guidelines when taking action in relation to、uh, sensitive and offending management. Process you, to procedures. Yeah. So, do you think this is part of the healthcare as well if you want to do trainings? Definitely.、Yeah. I think. I, I believe so. Oh, definitely. I、yeah. think, well, part of my work、yeah. um, and co working with other organizations is to deliver training、mm. to orgs, to people, to whoever,、pers- yeah. even personal conversations、yeah. about the、uh, learning what is it to be trans?、Yeah. What is it? To be intersex,、yeah. how our lives evolve,、uh, society work,、yeah. like our daily lives, and、Definitely. then to be discriminated against for just being who you are.、Mm. It's like we need to create awareness. Awareness, of course. I spoke to you this morning about talking about awareness. There's not much awareness online or even like campaigns for intersex people. Yes, we know、no. they're transgender, but not intersex people. Like getting to know you、um, since. 
was it this year or, or no last year? I do a lot more research. I want to know more about intersect people because it's something that I've never uh, do research on as much because I've never had, like I say, I've never had a friend who is intersect before, not that I know of anyway. Yeah. And um, sometimes when I try to educate some of trans women or my, just my friends about intersect, they have no idea and they are willing to learn just like myself. I learned from, from online and getting to know you f- learning from your life experiences and I share that to my trans um, friends and you know what they said they never thought of googling about intersex people no it, that's right mm. and a lot of people don't and and again um, well that's, we need more visibility totally right? and that's when I was first asked to join uh, the group in Alice Springs as a intersex advocate yeah I didn't know a lot about intersex um Myself, yeah, because um, I have never had a real, really, a reason to, yeah, yeah. S- like self acceptance. Yeah, I was who I, but doing the work, yeah, I went straight to the library. I sat on the computer no. for six months, <laughs> googling, schmoogling, doing yeah. the whole thing. I've read documents and articles from medical institutions. Uh, for the last hundred years, from the Victorian age, yeah. of the way uh, intersex people have been, especially medically treated, throughout the ages, yeah. and the same with uh, trans people as well. Yeah. But at the time, it was about uh, intersex. Mm. So I learnt lots about the intersex community, medically and biologically, and then about my personal variation, because I'm a variation. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, in, in, the, in the most documents until recently, Mm-mm. working with Ira, I was known as an, uh, my, we were known as a disorder. Yeah. And there were words used, uh, contradic- uh, you know, terrible terms used referring to intersex people. Yeah. Um, and that we were had uh, that intersex was an actual health issue, a mm. mental health issue, a medical, a physical, um, and again the medical system uh, has decided from a long time ago to normalise us into one sex or the other. Right, and some of us don't fit in either Mm-mm. or fit into both. So yeah. even I was con- confused yeah. until yeah. I found out what was going on biologically with myself. Yeah. And not even the word was ever heard of until I was 30 when yeah. I found out medically. Yeah. And so, and working with Ira, we uh, changed a, a lot of the derogatory terms around okay. intersex people and our medical. Okay conditions and whatever else all right so when we come back i want to talk more about your live experience looking for an easy way to keep up with your annual 3cr subscription you can now set up an annual debit from your bank account or credit card and once a year your payment will be automatically deducted you can cancel at any time and you'll get a reminder each year before payment Be a constant supporter of Melbourne's precious independent community radio station and set up a recurring payment today. 
Just go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Welcome back to Querying the Air. My name is Sasha Sidek, and I have a very special guest here, um, Georgie. And um, so we were talking earlier uh, about an intersect woman that was wrongly prisoned in a male prison. And we really hope that um, the systems change um, and, and do a lot more training with the guards and prison staff so we can avoid uh, this discrimination. So Georgie, um, earlier we were talking a little bit about your live experience as an intersect person. Yes. Um, you know, I've read your article uh, on ABC Local uh, online and Great. Um, you speak uh, about the abuse that you endured from a very early age as an intersect person. So um, would you like to share a little bit um, about, um, about that story? Certainly. Um, 
Well, again, um, I come from an older generation mm. from the 60s, very strong patriarchal father, family, male-dominated. I was born appearing female. Yeah. But wasn't with male genital. Yeah. Um, and, of course, my appearance and my behaviours as female wasn't um, considered to be right at the time. Mm. So um, my father was a very aggressive, violent man. Mm. And so I had to learn to try to conform to um, appearing and behaving as male. Otherwise he was uh, quite abusive. My mother was very supportive, um, which was a blessing for me at the time. But uh, I was confused. I was told I was one thing by my father. I was discriminated at school, in the playground, you know, all those derogatory terms that we have to deal with. Um, And so I became a very withdrawn sort of child until I reached puberty. And uh, that's when things started to become a little bit more obvious about what and who I was, um, which made it good for me, but even harder externally. Yeah. So I was this screaming queen yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I was being harassed. So I started running away from home, Mm-mm. getting into drugs, hitting the street, and that's when I hit. And I had my first invasive procedures at 13, which did masculinise my appearance. Okay. Which totally freaked me out. Yeah. So uh, that's when I took off to St Kilda and hit the streets, yeah. met all the, the trans women okay. um, on the scene, workers, lay girls, whoever was yeah. around, drag yeah. queens, the whole. There was this glamorous So is that your scene. first time meeting your peers and community? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, for the first time. Yeah. I grew up in Fitzroy Housing Commission. Yeah. You know, so very restricted yeah. to anything yeah. queer. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I started uh, taking female hormones, Mm-mm. frocking up, partying, yeah. sex work to support myself, yeah. my habits, my self-indulgences and friends. Mm-hmm. And it went on from there until, again, I had backwards and being taken home by the police back to... So what issue was this? I was uh, 14 to 17, because okay. yeah. that's when the second lot of inv- uh, invasive surgery happened when they removed my... My father dragged me to the hospital. Yeah. I had breasts and and he's just like, what the... So no. how, did he, how did your father drag you to the hospital? Like Just by the arm. Oh, really? No word said. Wow. You don't answer back. You get a backhander. But no. uh, did you know that it's going to be a surgery done to no, you? No, nothing. No, okay, you no. don't know anything. I don't know anything. Right. What's going on? Yeah. I'm not allowed to ask questions against my will. Yeah. 
the uh, the law of uh, consent yeah. was uh, yeah. twenty one. Yeah, correct. At at that time, and so I had no human rights of my own. Yeah. So what what so, did he consent for the doctors to do to you? To remove my breasts. Okay. And I was just he held me. Yeah. Until the nurses came for some time. Yeah. It was surreal. It's like oh my gosh, and, that must um, be traumatized. Totally. Yeah. And I was given an injection, and then the next minute I know I wake up in a bed, facing the ceiling. I realize I've got bandages across my chest. Mm-mm. I don't know why. Yeah. And then I rip my gown off, I rip the bandages off and realise that they removed my breasts. So I found my clothes and I did what I do best and I ran out of there. Oh, my God. And back to St Kilda. And by that time, the law of consent had changed to 18. Yeah. So from 17 to 18, I hid out on the street. Mm Mm-hmm around St Kilda and friends took me in and yeah. until the laws changed, until mm-hmm. I turned 18. Yeah. And then there was no stopping me. Yeah. Then my father had no rights yeah. over me and so yeah. the police couldn't uh, drag me home yeah. anymore after that. Oh, my gosh. And um, from the article as well, I read that you um, seek refuge in Sydney as well. Um, yes. So was, what makes you do that? Well, I was looking for, uh, I mean, the scene here was great, mm-hmm. but it was a party scene. Okay, so you just need to get away? Yeah, I need to get away, get away from family, Yeah. get away from the scene. I was, you know, off my dial, yeah. drugs and yeah, yeah. whatever else. And um I just wanted somewhere peaceful to tran- fully transition and live my life without interference. And so there was nothing in Victoria for trans mm. uh, people or trans women then yeah. uh, support. Um, so I ended up finding Theresia's house in yeah. Sydney at the Sydney, time. Yeah. And it was also a refuge and a service so they took me in. Mm-hmm. Um, and they understood your situation as well? Oh, totally. Because yeah. it was run by trans women. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, fully yeah. run by yeah. trans women. Right. And um, all the supports and resources and everything that you needed to, to live safely and transition. Yeah. And trans, uh, uh, Theresa's house, I think at the time, housed... In the refuge itself, about eighteen women okay. at the time. House of Theresia. Oh, <laughs> bless you! Should oh be a ballroom. Uh, to- it was. Who was the mother of Theresia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we all were, um, and it was like that. So it was okay, home away from nice. home. So it was a place to chill out, mm-hmm. do your waxing and plucking, okay. and all and that sort of stuff. Hormones. Hormones, whatever yeah. you needed, all the staff were there. That's nice. To uh, refer and guide. Yeah. Uh, doctors, whatever else. Um, gender reassignment was the thing at the time. Yeah. And so put on to the medical psychiatric team yeah. for yeah. assessment, which yeah. was a two-year process. Yeah. Um, and, of course, part of that was 
dressing up and heading the street. Mm, the um, cross. That's right. Yes. And so that's where I lived. I used to, uh, I've been to the cross just for a visit. I feel very intimidated because I've never been exposed to this kind of um, street life before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. So I was just well, it can be. So scared. It was like a bit of a culture shock for me. Um, yeah. So I just walked up and I just want to experience it. That's yeah, it. of course. Because that's... I heard about Queen's Cross um, uh, for so long and I just like, I need to go and visit it. Yeah, of and course. And also it's... that taxi club. Have Yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> home away from home. After work, that's where we that end up. That is an iconic place. Totally. And when I moved to Melbourne, and I was like, I need to go check out this taxi club. So yeah. I went there, and there's trans people, um, queer people. It's so diverse. It's something that I've never experienced in my life before. So it's a different kind of vibe and different kind of atmosphere compared to Singapore, especially with the street. Like sex work, um, sex work, King Street. So in Sydney, it's like a more, it's like more obvious, more visible. Oh, definitely, yeah. it's open. When I hit the streets for the first time, yeah, I was like, I'm home. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> this is me. Yeah, it's like, yeah, dress up and hit the streets. Yeah, um, yeah. When I first started working, when I was in Sydney, we were up in Premier Lane. Yeah where we were actually hidden off the street yeah. because of government, political laws and whatever else. Yeah. But after about six months, um, they decided to move us down onto William Street mm. to be seen publicly as part of the, the tourist track. Right. So we were totally visible on William Street going in, up to the cross. Yeah. So we were part of that. Mm. And you're also a friend of Carmen Rupert, right, as well? Yes, yes. I was. Yeah. I, yeah, we lived in a... I, I met Carmen on the street. She'd mm-hmm. come and bring herself, beautiful self, down and check up on the girls. She was mama. Yes. And um, she was a, an amazing woman and did lots of uh, work with police liaisoning yeah. especially help. with the sex work um, yeah with yeah. sex yeah. Trans, trans women sex workers yeah. sex workers to help change the laws and to try to protect us from mm. um, clients men walking past yeah. being abusive cars and people crews of boys coming from Parramatta screaming obscenities throwing things at us so and of course the police didn't do anything to uh stop that we all had to look after each other and yeah. protect ourselves yeah. and each other yeah of course so that's how it was mm. yeah. and um so and then you decided to come back to melbourne yes mm-hmm. i had my time i was five years and i was a uh, an intravenous user and mm-hmm. um again it was my time i got sick okay family shipped me back okay. to Melbourne Yeah, and I spent about a year with my family recovering mm-hmm. um, and then of course when I came back to life <laughs> I was back out again and, and so I've spent time uh, working in welfare mm-hmm. and I was working in, uh, dis- uh, got work in disabilities at yeah. the time through yeah. friends Um being part of uh, deinstitutionalisation with institutions and yeah. um, 
and that lasted for a few years but that wild crazy side of me just goes all right time to frock up dress up and hit the streets again (laughs) (laughs) party time yeah and i saw that you spent sometimes in northern territory as well in alice spring yeah i believe yeah that was the most uh recent time that uh i was uh and that was only about five years ago Mm -hmm. and yeah i've seen pictures and yeah, videos. Just, yeah, so it look is it looks like a fun time there. It was amazing. I would love to experience it one day. It was a beautiful life. Yeah. We had amazing queer community, very yeah. diverse and yeah. accepting and, and loving. Yeah. Um and uh again, uh that's where I uh, met Star Lady. Yeah. And she had started the group Brothers and Sisters N T. Is that so when you like, also become an advocate for sister? Uh, the sister girls and brother boys. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, that's when I became specifically trans intersex advocate because yeah. that was my main focus, and that's what was being asked of me. Mm. But right through the whole community, LGBTI queer community. Yeah. So, when yeah. are we going to Alice Spring? <laughs> Anytime you want. Let's get a van. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would love to because uh, I spent a bit of time in Tiwi Island with the sister girls. Um, you know, Beautiful. it's different. Like, it's an island. There's not much to do. But where mm. I saw your pictures and videos where you spent time in Alice Spring, it looked so much fun. And it was. Yeah. And it was. And again, it's because of the, the diverse, amazing mm. queer community yeah. that actually live there. And there's an amazing core group of uh, people that are very conscious and active about human rights and uh, fundraising, partying, Mm. advocating, you know, for our community. Mm. Um, And so not only was it a social thing, but did lots of work. Yeah. um, Yeah, I I saw that. I mean, you have done a lot. I've I've seen your posters, your campaign, but I think this, um, your your advocacy work, I I think it needs to be brought here in Melbourne and also to all states in Australia because you know what it's very important for people to learn more about intersect people um, like I said not many people would um, even thought about googling about intersect people but I think people should um, you know because they're here they have Definitely. been here since day dot we, we exist we've yes. always existed exactly from the beginning of time yeah to, so, yeah, exactly. Like um, earlier, we talked about the prisoner to avoid all this um, discrimination. We need to learn. We, education is key. I always tell my yes. listeners, education is key. You just need to learn. You know, people get it wrong. That's fine. But at That's, least you're learning. Exactly. Mm. And it's a, and like you said, it's fine to get it wrong. Mm. I do. Yeah. It happens when you don't know. And it doesn't. It, takes nothing to ask it's true and to accept and and be kind yeah. and and talk and have conversations be open yeah to these conversations i think people sometimes are fear of offending somebody like i've i've yes. been in that situation before where like i've got some of these pronouns wrong but yeah. i did apologize and said i'm so sorry that it's not your pronouns um you, you just have to apologize you know yeah because it's not intention no but, people don't need to get offended yeah and yeah. i find these reactions to and again it was a learning thing yeah uh, and uh, before I didn't know 
really anything about pronouns. Yeah. All these of course, politi- you don't you don't grow up with uh, those pronouns. I don't grow up with pronouns either. All I knew was he and she. she yeah, that's it. And it's just like, or queen. Quaint girl. Now. <laughs> exactly. It's all the slang. Yes. You know, and I'm like, so I learned that when I joined the group in Alice. Yeah. And I was taught how to become politically correct, mm. which, of course, we need to be. And to learn, yeah. Um, but there needs to be room for yeah. negotiation and mistakes. And it's like, you know, most of the intentions of people aren't bad. And again, it's like you said about education. Yeah, having open, honest conversations mm. yeah. about who we are, how we feel, how we fit in the world. Yes, and how we can keep ourselves safe. Yeah. From discrimination, from domestic violence, from sexual abuse, from rape. Yeah. You know, all these atrocities, it's like, I mean, it's across the board, but, you know, some of us cop it more than others. Definitely. For just who we are. And that's not fair. It's true. I mean, um, especially with older generation, you have coped a lot and you have fought for rights till, you know, that's why a lot of the new generations are living... Um, a lot easier now because you have done all the work. Well, mm. yes. And there's still work to be done. <laughs> and there always will be. Yeah. And, um, but like you were saying, you know, I've spent my life uh, not only helping to pave the way for myself, but mm. for all of us. And if we don't learn to become more compassionate yes. and understanding about each other's space yeah. and needs, then things won't change. And what I have found personally and through my work is that change needs to happen from the top. Where laws are made yeah. and put into place by people that don't understand who we are Mm. and just come to assumptions and presume this is what's best for us. I don't need anyone making decisions for me, telling me what is best for me. Yes. I know what is best for me. It's true. It's as simple as that. It's so simple. It's like sometimes when you feel like you're sick, you know your body. That's right. And then... There's doctors and nurses tell you that you're okay. You don't need treatment whatsoever. You know your own body that you're not feeling right. That's right. It's the same thing. And and it is. People can relate to this. But it's also was opposite for me with my intersex status telling me Mm. that my natural biology was an illness. Yeah. And that I needed to be normalised to fit into a heterosexual normative society of male and female Mm. and... I had invasive surgery put upon me yeah. against my will. No yeah. one ever asked me. Exactly. No one ever told me anything. Mm. It just happened. Yeah. And it happened because these laws are in place mm. and they need to be brought down. Mm. The system needs to be brought down yeah. to a human acceptance and level of safety. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um do you have any advice for any intersect people, like, you know, some of them who are 
probably not comfortable in disclosing themselves like where they can um, be themselves or find help or even like a forum to chat to to other intersect people um definitely uh, well the first place mm-hmm. i would go is to ira okay to the intersex human rights mm-hmm. association of australia yeah um and they have support groups people to talk to the the best up to date information mm-hmm. on intersex status issues whatever you, you want to know about intersex it's it's there and there are a wonderful group of people that will help in whatever way they can and are always working towards uh, changing government laws yeah. human rights laws yeah. medical laws to uh, keep uh, people safe mm. so that would be the first um, and again I guess Google yeah Google you know internet yeah and that's where I found yeah. most of my information yeah as well but like I said Ira, Ira will if you don't find what you need with Ira they will refer you okay to to where yeah and um, are you open to someone who wants to collaborate with you, like especially like raising awareness here in Victoria? Are you open to that? Of course, <laughs> that's who I am. Okay. Work with Just checking. Ev- yeah, work with everybody. Yeah, that's that. My philosophy mm-hmm. is to co-work and co-create, mm-hmm. and allies support friends, networks. Yeah. it's just like we have to work with each other. Yeah. We have to come together and embrace each other's differences yeah. and um, support each other. Yeah. That's what it's about. If we don't extend ourselves... Mm. To be honest, I would love to see that here happening in Victoria. At least we start somewhere here as well. Like maybe we can work with Transgender Victoria or, you know, um, just to people to edu- people to get education about intersect people as well, you know. Um, Definitely. Yeah, like I said, I've never... Um, met someone before until I met you um, not that I know of anyway yeah <laughs> yeah right. so um, it's it's a learning curve for me I always keep learning whenever I meet you there's something that I learn from you thank so, you so yeah it's, it's, you. it's very educational for me thank you so I hope um, our listeners as well are keen to learn more just like I do I hope so mm. I hope so mm. <laughs> Hi, this is JD Sampson, and you're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR. So, Hair Hall, formerly Harris and Hyenas, on Johnson Street in Fitzroy is... Is it Fitzroy or Collingwood? Either one. It's having a massive sale to help keep them afloat and pay bills and rent. So, if... If you know about this bookstore, um, they've been there for ages. So everything and kitchen sink are for sale. So they already start off last Friday, 22nd July, and it will end till Monday, 25th July. Hair Hole Melbourne is hosting an incredible impromptu everything and kitchen sink sale. So 63 Johnson Street, Fitzroy. So I got it right the first time. So yeah, so please... If you need a kitchen sink or even any other other things, uh, please visit their place. It's um, usually um, 
so for 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 today, twenty fourth July is ten a.m. to ten p.m. So you still have time. You have still a few hours to go. And for tomorrow, Monday, twenty fifth July, twelve p.m. until close. So please, um, if you you can even come there to donate, please help them. So you know, this is this is a bad time for a lot of um businesses. So if we can help them, it would be great. So yeah. And Miss Georgie, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, my pleasure. It's thank always been a pleasure having... to have you here. Thank you, thank you. Anything mm. that I can do to support the community. Yeah. So I really hope um, people will contact um, us at careeringtheair at gmail.com or Georgie. Um, we can uh, link you to Georgie if you want to collaborate doing campaigns here. That would be amazing. Thank you. Yes. Before I leave, I just want to say, Tracy I is proud to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land that we, which transmit people-powered radio.